Welcome to Reckoning. My name is Ingrid, and I'm starting this podcast to share open and honest discussions about our experiences with death. I'm hoping that as a culture, we can grow to talk about it without it being feared as a heavy, scary, and overwhelming topic. Let's talk about it more, get a little more comfortable with it, wrestle and wonder and ask questions. Let's reckon with it. We all have to deal with this aspect of life. We will lose everyone we know, and we ourselves will die. So how can we face this reality with eyes more open, with some grace, humility, understanding, and even appreciation? How can we embrace this aspect of being a human and use it as a way to grow, learn, and expand? The goal of this podcast is to turn toward these shared experiences, using our stories and collective wisdom to gain some courage and strength and skill to face it. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen to and have these conversations with me. Thanks for being willing to reckon with the topic of death and dying. This episode, I interview Vaughn Kimmins. Vaughn and I used to work together, and I've always appreciated her stark honesty and her real authenticity. Our conversation swings from lighthearted laughter to soulful depths within the same breath. Vaughn is a musician and a creative soul. In two bands, Tribe Mars and Brown Calculus, both of which I will link to in the posts for this episode, and both of which I highly recommend listening to. I'm deeply honored to have had this conversation with her, in which she shares her story about losing her best friend from high school, Candace, who died at a very young age from breast cancer. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'm glad you're here listening with us. originally from Chicago, Illinois, have to rep that, um, because when you meet anybody from Chicago, that's usually the first thing you'll learn about them, is that they are indeed from Chicago. Well, that's great, Vaughn from Chicago. <laughs> Thanks for being on my podcast. I am excited to have this conversation with you because I feel like you and I often have these good like soul dive, like let's get real, let's get honest, let's talk about the the grit um, and like the spiritual and the meaningful. So I'm excited to do that with you in this forum. Um, so I would love for you to tell me about your friend and just your story and how you knew them and yeah yeah so um it's funny because I was trying to recently I was trying to remember when I first met um my best friend uh Candace Honoré and it was in high school I know that for sure but I don't remember 
what our actual interaction was or how we what the event was that led us to become friends. Mm. It was like one day I entered high school and then I think sophomore year me and Candace were just attached and I don't know how it happened. Oh, you know what? I don't remember the event, but I think the situation was another friend, a close friend that I had was, um, I think we had some kind of like confrontation or something like that. And I think Candace kind of reached out because she saw that I was in stress. I don't know if it was over the phone or if it was, it's probably at school, but Mm -hmm. she kind of like came to the rescue and friendship. Mm. Uh, um, Mm. And I think after connecting on the, you know, your friend kind of did you wrong, but I got your back situation. We became uh, fast friends because we realized we had the same um, sense of humor. Mm. Uh, So a lot of our hanging out was me going over to uh, her house and she lives in a, a neighborhood that's pretty close to mine that I loved going to. So that was also perfect. Like, I'm like there's this awesome person. And there's also, there's this neighborhood on the lake, on Lake Michigan, you know, that I love. And my friend lives there. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I used to go over her house and what was really funny, she liked a restaurant by my house. So before I would come over, she would put in an order for a restaurant by my house and I had to like it was specific like she had to have this burger mm-hmm. with cheese and this vegetable soup and mm-hmm. there were like certain things that she didn't want on it you know like certain things on the fries like I had to get it just right but I was also thinking who's getting a hamburger and vegetable soup from like yeah. <laughs> the hood spot the hood grease spot like that's so random they're mediocre soup that's great <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. The, the reason I think we connect it was so hard is because we have, uh, we both shared this love for humor, mm. um, and it's kind of like a high for us because we weren't drinking or doing drugs or you know anything when we were in high school. Mm. Uh, so our thing, our connection was laughing. That's um, right, right. Uh, and it was funny because I think. I also looked up to her because not only was she this really funny, charismatic person, um, but she was also very responsible at a young age. Mm. So in high school, and I think, I mean, it was pressure probably from her mom. She had all these chores that she had to do, but I don't think my friend really looked at them as like, oh, you know, the rest of in high school were like, oh, I got to clean <laughs> this, I got to do this. And she was just, it was just part of who she was. She saw the importance of that responsibility at a young age, mm-hmm. um, which I always admire. She's the reason why I clean glass with like vinegar and newspapers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the diligence. Like I saw her clean with newspapers and I was like, what is that? Like what? <laughs> like, use like a newspaper? I love that. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. So I looked up to her mm-hmm. in a way because she seemed like she had it together, even though we were kids. Mm-hmm. And I wanted some of that. Well, and it's so great when our our friends can be our models for things because 
you know, so often it's like we look to our elders or adults or teachers or people in positions of power. And it's really special when it can be our peers, like people that are our equals, you know, that that they can be our teachers and have mm-hmm. it feel like, um, yeah, that it's like we're in this together and I'm learning yeah. things from you. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she also knew how to cook already, too, at that okay. age. So I would just go over her house and she would like my favorite. I don't even eat chicken right now but my favorite thing was roast like roasted chicken with rosemary mm. red potatoes and green peas and Sounds she would make me that classic <laughs> that's, an adult, that's a classic adult meal like what teenager <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> I love that <laughs> oh, I love that that's so great she I just I had never met someone who was my age who seemed like an adult already and I don't mean an adult in um engaging in things that are very specific to adults but just that sense of ownership that she had over her life and how she cared for people Mm -hmm. so much like very Candace was a very loving person um like always willing to to feed you, to make sure you had everything that you needed. You know, she was always checking in to make sure that you were okay. And I was like, whoa, this is this is very interesting for a high school student. I think I I, I really looked up to her mm. for that. Um, it kind of made me not want to be so lax in <laughs> mm-hmm. in the things that I did at home. You know, right. Because she make me feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing that I liked, I really enjoyed about our friendship, was not only did we just have this crazy connection um, when it came to humor and laughing about about things, um, but she really connected with my family, too. Mm. Um, so I used to, um, my, my mom worked in downtown Chicago um, in this office building, and... I would bring Candace with me. Like I would, if we were downtown, I would go and visit my mom and see if, you know, she was free. Like if, we, if it was the summertime or something, we didn't have school. And so we would go down there, but she would come with me mm. and we like hang out in my mom's cubicle. So I really, I just liked that she really wanted to be involved in the things that I was doing and um, like just hanging out with, with me and my family. Mm-hmm. And she could joke with my family too which I loved mm. like, them. They make fun of her, you know, say she had a big forehead. Things like I love that there. The humor, <laughs> humor is a thread of the whole relationship. That's so great. <laughs> um, so you knew her through high school and then beyond high school as well. Yes. So I, when we went to college, she ended up going to school in New York um, and I stayed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then um, I forget exactly what the reason was, but she had to come back to Chicago. And mm-hmm. so she started going to the school that I went to. Mm. Um, so that made me very excited. You know, this mm-hmm. is someone who I was very, like very, 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 very close with who moved away but then when she came back I was like yeah not only do you live in Chicago again but you go to my school 
But the funny thing about us being in college together was that was the point where we still considered ourselves very close friends, but we weren't hanging out together Mm -hmm. as much. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like she was hanging out with a different group of people Mm -hmm. and I was too. But what I really loved was we could always come back together Mm -hmm. and just pick up where we where we left off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, college was, I think the first time in our friendship where we weren't uh, attached at the hip. Sometimes that makes things feel different because, you know, you see, you see a close friend who you like are crazy about and you see them with like other friends who mm-hmm. you kind of know, but not really, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, you get a little jealous you know mm-hmm. they're like doing things together you're like oh that's your lifestyle now you know like she started right. to go like out to clubs and part you know like that kind of thing and mm-hmm. I wasn't that wasn't me <laughs> yet going going mm-hmm. out and she always loved to get dressed up which I found was very funny so in high school she was straight up tomboy right mm-hmm. like always very casual and then I think prom hit and she wore this sheer iridescent dress that she got from some boutique on like Michigan Avenue downtown and I was like who does it where's this first come from <laughs> you know it's like a completely like so glamorous you know yeah um, and I always thought that was that was very cool and so that that kind of that part of her personality of who she was carried through college into her mm-hmm. her mid-20s where she got really into like just looking real good, like mm-hmm. looking really nice and experimenting with cool haircuts and mm. colors and fashion. And I was like, whoa, where did this person come from? Right. <laughs> well, it's a funny thing, like, you know, as we go through adolescence and into our young adulthood, I feel like there's very much a, a space of what, like, we're figuring out our own identities and I think a lot of friendships are made or broken in those years where people mm-hmm. either grow apart and they're like, actually, we don't we don't share values anymore. We just have memories together or whatever. And so it's a mark oh, of a yeah. strong friendship to be able to say, like, well, we're different, but I like you're still super important to me. And, you know, to, yeah. to find ways to maintain that connection or yeah. just to have that connection existing is is wonderful. Yeah, she's Candace is the person I went to my first concert with you know, mm-hmm. Maxwell because I was crazy about him and <laughs> she went with me it was like everything that I went to do like she had to be involved mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. a must right. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember and I think I remember this because she was more excited it was something I told her about because I knew she would be excited about it, not because I necessarily wanted to do it but when we were in high school I volunteered I was in um, National Honor Society and you had to yeah. volunteer and so I volunteer with the Special Olympics. Mm. And with that, of course, you would get like a newsletter and things in the mail. And I got an invitation to this basketball game mm. uh, in the suburbs. And it was Kobe Bryant. Well, rest in peace. Kobe Bryant's uh, Italian team that he ran uh, oh. against the Special Olympics team. Wow. But Kobe Bryant was also going to be there. Wow. And so, and, but it wasn't a big event, so I knew it wouldn't be a lot of people. So I told her, because she was crazy about Kobe Bryant. I mean, she listened to his, like, his songs, like, because he would rap, too, and I would just be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, his rapping is not necessarily my thing. But she was like, you know, was like, he's going to be my husband, this and that. 
right, so right. Uh, I remember telling her about it and she got she talk about somebody making plans for something they're excited about she got an outfit she asked her godmother to get us uh we had a livery like a a, a vehicle to come like to take us out there to the suburbs <laughs> you know for this, for so this game and I remember we watched the game and she's like I gotta I gotta meet him and afterwards I think he was kind of walking out or kind of walking through the crowd and we're some high school students we floated right on oh, just nice. next to him you know? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like oh like couple of you move you past get past you move past you next thing you know we're standing right next to him and she asked him if she could take a photo and I took I snapped the photo of oh. Candace and Kobe Bryant Wow, amazing. <laughs> it was great too because he looked, he had his arm around her and he looked so happy. You know, he looked genuinely like a nice, caring yeah. person, you know. Um, I don't even know where that photo is. Dang, right. that, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it just turns up someday. Like, I hope you're cleaning out a desk drawer somewhere and you're just like, there it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, uh, I remember that, because I didn't really care about taking a picture with Kobe Bryant at the time, but um, I was just, I was so happy to be able to provide that to her, you know? Like, yeah. Kobe Bryant's going to be here, and we got to go. Mm-hmm. Free. Yeah. You know, I'm just going like this, whoop, whoop, behind you. <laughs> right, that's what friendship is, I feel like, to a large degree, like, showing up for each other, and then, yeah, well, I love that image of just, like, you're the person behind them going, like, <laughs> yeah. yes. I got you. I'm, I'm here. I support you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I think she got her hair done for that. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. So, um, so then I'm, I'm curious, um, what happened to Candace? Why is she no longer with us? Um, so, um when did that happen? It happened, oh, maybe like 10 years ago. 11 years ago that she um, found out. Actually, I think it was prior to then. She passed 11 years ago, but she had breast cancer. Okay. So (laughs) the very interesting thing about that, and that's related to the whole thing about uh, how we started to grow apart in college, where we were always, you know, we're still friends, but we weren't Mm -hmm. hanging out as much Mm -hmm. anymore, where... Going into our early 20s, I didn't even know that I think maybe a year prior to um, her passing that she had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she didn't tell mm-hmm. me. And so I remember, I think I was on Facebook and I was looking at photos and I was going through her photos. And I saw a photo of her sitting in the ho- like laying in a bed in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, what? What's, what's this? So I, I called her and I said, I see this photo of you on Facebook, but you're in a hospital bed. Like, well, I'm I'm confused what happened. And she's like, oh, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And I think as soon as she as soon as she told me that I got really emotional and I was um, I was at my mom's house and my mom just picked up what was happening because she was in the kitchen, like right next to where I was. And 
I kind of just like dropped the phone, you know, because it hit me so hard. I'm like, whoa, this is something so stressful that happened to her that I didn't even know about. So mm-hmm. it kind of made me question more than like, why do you tell me? It kind of questioned what kind of friend I that I was, you know. Um, but I got I like kind of dropped the phone and I started to cry. And my mom took the phone from me and like talked to Candace. And they kind of just made fun of me. And I mean, like in a, in a loving way where... <laughs> Um, my mom was like, Candace, she's she's crying right now. And Candace told her, yeah, that's the reason why I didn't tell her. Because I knew she would be <laughs> so, like, just, you know, worked up. And um, I remember my mom saying, like, yeah, she would have been laying. She would have been laying up in that bed with you. <laughs> you know, you would have been like, get off me. <laughs> you know, she's like, mom would be in there crying in the bed. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, whoa. But she was like, you know, I'm doing better now. And I think at that point, that's when I was like, okay, I need to start to talk to her a little bit more and re- and try to maintain our friendship. Um, because the, the way that she cared for me and for my family was just, it was so awesome that I'm like, okay, this is something I don't, I don't want to let go of. You know, mm-hmm. she would give me advice. She would even give me insight into things that were happening, like, in my life, like, with my family, like, things that would make me feel better and give me, like, clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I think, I don't remember if it was maybe a year after that. I forget the exact time frame, but I think someone reached out to me. Um, I think it was actually yeah, a friend who uh, designed a lot of clothes for Candace because when I talked about this period of her becoming like this person who got really into like style and her hair um, we had a, a mutual friend who was a designer who would mm-hmm. make her custom clothes and she sent me a, I think a text message and, and told me that Candace wasn't doing too well mm-hmm. you know and that I want to like check and see and what's happening and at this point Candace has a lot of people around her. She's a a very vibrant, charismatic, loving, funny person. So people kind of flock. She's like a magnet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I felt a little weird about it. Like I felt kind of weird about trying to get in touch with her or go to the hospital because like the kind of like the crowd of people didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to say it didn't sit well with me, but it just didn't. It wasn't our relationship, and so I didn't necessarily feel very comfortable with all of that. And I think I also just wasn't sure of how I felt and didn't want to see her in a hospital bed, like, kind of at the end of things. Yeah. Um, So I actually never went to the hospital because I didn't know if I'd be able to handle it. it. And also, I think I felt like I, I don't know why I felt this way in that moment but I didn't want to stress out her mom or overstep my boundaries or I knew there were other people who were visiting her I didn't want to just like add to the noise mm-hmm. um, which I don't necessarily even re- regret it I would say that I'm like oh I could have definitely done that and I would have been okay but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like regret not uh showing up at the hospital you know mm-hmm. and I think maybe I don't know how much time passed after I found out that she wasn't doing too well but I think maybe just like a few weeks later 
she passed. sorry that you lost your friend me too (laughs) and she sounds like a you know bright person and somebody that was well loved um and she was so young like that's a that's a tragedy when I when I mean it's yeah someone's life is just getting started to have them go before their life could fully bloom and um become you know the human being like fully you know, (laughs) and I think something I've talked about with my mom a little bit too, especially is the, like our, our relationship with people isn't defined by the end. Right. It's defined by all the times that we had with them, you know, before, before a diagnosis or before, before it, we're at their deathbed saying goodbye. And so I think that's really valid to to be able to to like trust that, you know, that she knew she knew that you loved her and you had yeah. your friendship. <laughs> and um and I, I, I think there is value also in honoring like not wanting to crowd a space, you know, like if somebody's yeah, there's a, there's just so much to process and so much going on, and mm-hmm. so I think that's an that can be an act of generosity, you know, to be thoughtful of that. I think I also I probably felt um, a little selfish too, mm. uh, because uh, I think based on our our friendship, our relationship, I we were people we were two people who were together all all the time in high school, so I think it also made me feel a little like, well, I don't want to be around all, you know, like kind of thing. Like that's not my friendship with her. We have something special, you know. Right. But she right. also has something special with all these people too. That's <laughs> all these people are like around because yeah. she was so awesome. And she was a um uh high school counselor. Oh wow. So and with that, she was very popular, like Mm-hmm. with her students one because she's funny and she's very pretty and very stylish mm-hmm. uh, but also because she was very giving too like always willing to just give uh, people her her clothes her shoes actually after she passed her um all of her clothes and shoes got donated to some like organizations people who needed it for like career things like a lot of her like cool. clothes that she wore to work and all her really cool outfits got donated to people who always liked her style, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. That's awesome. I love that. Um, <laughs> did you did you get to say goodbye to her in some way? Um, yeah. Okay. So there was a um, memorial service because uh, mm-hmm. she was cremated. Okay. So there was there's a memorial service, um, which it was very. It was a it was a lot of people. It's very interesting, you know, when you only know this person based on the intimacy that you the two of you had, and then to mm-hmm. be surrounded by so many people just feels very yeah. overwhelming. 
<laughs> but then also like, whoa, like everybody's crazy about her. You know, like one of those. Like here we are, mid twenties. Everybody from my high school is there. You know, everybody she knew from my college is there. Everybody is there. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what's so crazy? Not, not. That's not the right word, but um, till this day. I remember being at the memorial service with my dad because my mom said it was too hard for her to go. Mm. So she didn't go. Um, but my dad my dad went with me and I remember sitting there and I was feeling very emotional and I was crying, but I had my eyes closed. And then someone, I don't, someone put their hand on my shoulder and was like, hey babe, like, you know, like, are you okay? Like, you got this, you know, instead of loving words. But mm. I never know who that was. Mm. Because I never opened my eyes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's 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 funny because because Candace was a person who always called me out on like weird things that I was doing, or if she knew I was like not being true to myself. Um, be, because of that, still to this day, constant reminders um, come from her where I like if I get into a stressful situation or if I get really emotional or if I get you know I just I just hear I laugh because I'm like oh gosh Candace is laughing at me like here she goes here she is <laughs> getting emotional here she is being dramatic again. so whenever I'm being dramatic I'm just like oh I know she's rolling her eyes at me right <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we you know we carry people with us it's like as corny as it is, like she's still very much alive in you. And something I'm curious about, I know that I've heard you talk a lot about, you know, honoring ancestors and, you know, talking to and and building a relationship and having a relationship with those that have come before you. And I think you had mentioned that you still talk to Candace. And so I'm just curious yeah, what that is like. Yeah, how 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 you incorporate your relationship with her to this day. Yeah, so it's it's basically what um like how I said about thinking thinking about her shaking her head at me. In those in those moments, it feels like a conversation because it feels so fresh. It doesn't it doesn't feel like a oh I wonder what Candace would think if I did this. It's kind of like a I feel like it's almost she's reacting mm. to my experience like when I have these thoughts about her thinking about being dramatic it kind of to me feels like her spirit's actually having that reaction mm-hmm. and that's what really makes me that's what really makes me laugh whenever I feel this way and this this happens often <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and in talking to um and talking to ancestors for me, it's more so than like just directly talking to people, even though I definitely directly just will speak out loud to Candace, like if I find mm. something ridiculous or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more so just like, like you said, like keeping somebody's, like their spirit uh, alive within yourself. So I like to think about the things that she told me, the advice, uh, and it, it, because her advice transcends time, it feels like she's telling it to me in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm able to to honor her and honor other ancestors by using what they taught me, like those lessons, and actually putting them into practice. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like they, people are, they continue to, to live within that. If you can take the things that they taught you and really put it to use, then they're still, you're still in conversation with them. They're still alive because they're still having an influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I even have a tattoo, <laughs> a tattoo of two women who are embracing each other. And that is to represent my grandmother who passed away years ago, who I feel like is my spirit guide and was such a huge influence on me. And then also the other woman is Candace because I feel mm-hmm. like about her. And Candace was crazy about my grandmother. Mm-hmm. So they're they're hugging each other. Can I see it? I mean, no one. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. You can you haven't seen I didn't show it to you. I don't think so. Yes, I'll definitely show it to you. <laughs> Are you okay with seeing my underwear? It's on my upper thigh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love that. Did you draw that? No. My friend, um, can you see it? Yeah, I can. Okay. And they have halos. It's very light in the yellow, but. Oh, well, that's yes. That's like my grandmother, and that's what you can. They're not like portraits. It's just like represent, spiritual right. representations. I love that. And, did and they, they have, have third eyes. Third eyes. I yeah. Oh so my, my friend, um, my friend Anaka drew that. I told her she started doing uh, hand poke tattoos. Yeah. And she's someone who's very in tune with uh, with spirits and with with the earth. And um, I told her that I wanted to get a tattoo to honor my grandmother and my best friend because they're my, you know, my angels, people who still mm-hmm. still guide me and. I was like, I don't have like a real idea of what I want. I just want to honor them and go in with West African tradition of the Orishas of spiritual deities who represent things in nature. I felt like they both, each one of them represented one of those spirits. So once I told her that information, she just came up with this image. It's beautiful. And it's all done by hand. Like, Hand poke, like not even like wow. the machine. It wow. took her, oof, it was oof, like 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. That's, I mean, what a process to go through to, to then have that with you all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's really special. Um, and so you're saying, so they each represent a different. Oh, a different, um, so. Spirit? Uh, Feature? Yeah, a different Orisha, and Orishas are the term for uh, deities mm. in certain parts of West Africa, mm. um, the traditional spiritual system, and each Orisha represents, like, a different, like, aspect of nature, um, mm. or represents, like, a different, um, you know, there's, like, some spirits that open the road. There's some spirits mm-hmm. that help with creativity. You know, there's, like, each spirit governs a different thing. Got and it. so I felt like Candace uh, represented Oshun, which is the deity of, like, beauty mm-hmm. and creativity. Mm-hmm. And then for my grandmother, it was, um, for me, she represented, like, that mother spirit, which is Yemeja. Who is like the spirit of the? She's the mother of the ocean. She's like the mm-hmm. mother of like all the other Orishas. Mm. Mm. I love that. <laughs> there's something about that kind of 
like mythology and storytelling that feels so comforting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yes, um, people have intimate relationships with each other, but also with these aspects of life. And that has been passed down for millennia. And it's just, there's something so comforting about that. That's like thinking about life as, as animate and like that we as human beings embody, you know, these spirits and different facets of life. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. And it's it's funny too, because this whole spiritual system wasn't anything I grew up with. Mm. This is something I learned like later on in life in my adulthood, probably when I was around 29, I think I found out about Orishas. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I even really Really new. And I actually still don't know too, too much. I still only know it on um, like a novice level, but mm-hmm. I take what resonates, you know. Mm-hmm. And does that, um, I mean, I would imagine having symbols and rituals and traditions like that um, can help with processing feelings of, you know, grief or loss um or just like making sense like sense yeah sense making you know mm-hmm. for the things that we experience um do do you feel like like the loss of your grandmother or the loss of canvas have like driven you to seek spirituality in those forms mm-hmm. or do you think maybe yeah maybe the other way around like once you sought that spirituality then like you were able to ah in their stories hmm. yeah it wasn't it wasn't necessarily um the loss of my grandmother or of Candace um that led me there it was I think it was later on in life just trying to learn more about my like <laughs> my heritage <laughs> mm-hmm. and that will push me push me there um yeah yeah I was gonna say I'm I'm trying to think of when I even learned about that spiritual system but yeah I don't I I don't think it was a, a direct uh correlation but you know I because I I see spirituality in lots of things mm-hmm. so I will say that the Candace's passing was the inspiration for me to become interested in being a healthier person mm. Mm. and and really getting into nutrition mm-hmm. because and I think that's because I I'm not gonna lie I had these when I found out that she had breast cancer a part of me wanted to like heal her because I had just started to mm-hmm. jump into like learning about holistic health um and I kind of made a promise to myself that I would take care of my health, like in honor of her. Mm. And I, I remember not too long after she passed, I was going to, I did like a cleanse and I told myself I was going to do it. You know, I was doing it for myself, obviously to be a healthier person, but also kind of like in solidarity mm. with her to 
just to just know, like, I'm not, I'm not saying holistic nutrition can cure cancer or anything, but it just like pushed me to take things more seriously because mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, cherish things that are important in, in life, you know? And I'm like, how can I, how can I maintain myself? How can I, <laughs> yeah. how can I honor her in a way that feels tangible, that's kind of related, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Absolutely. Yeah. I remember sitting in the naturopath's office, like crying about that, like saying I wanted to enter this 21 day juice cleanse in honor of her because she had just passed away. Mm. Mm. It's a beautiful gift to her. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I think there's something so powerful about, you know, like I'm getting a little woo woo here, but like. That's okay. I like woo woo. I like good. good. (laughs) But you know, like we're so we're taught all the time that like my body is my body and it's separate from everybody else's. And like, but I think there's something so powerful about setting intention to do things like on behalf of others, um, knowing that like what I do to my body affects other people's bodies. Yes, yes, yes. So (laughs) yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's a be- like embodiment. It's embodiment. Like you're embodying your friendship with her. You know, like I think it's just lovely. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. I I love that idea of thinking about like people that I've lost or or even people that are still around. Like what are what are like gifts that I can do, you know, for them through myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, what I was talking to you about um when like a a memory of 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 Candace that's related to something that was happening currently Mm. oh gosh um I was doing karaoke with my cousin (laughs) and I think did I do the song yes I was doing the song by um this artist lame (laughs) <laughs> a little boosie, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? And uh, the song is called "Wipe Me Down." Okay. And so it's a song that me and Candace used to like sing together, you know. And mm-hmm. there's this line that we used to just—I'm talking about—it had us crying, laughing because <laughs> we thought that he was saying he was famous. There's this line where we thought he was saying he was famous like a ninja turtle. Like laugh like laugh so hard. If this is like this song came out in like the mid 2000s or something, right? Mm-hmm. Why did I just find out last week that that lyric <laughs> is totally wrong? He said something about ninja turtles, but he's saying something about like what is he even talking about? I think weed, and he says like the weed <laughs> is like a ninja turtle, like it's it's there's some word he used, but it was definitely had nothing to do with being famous That's like a ninja so turtle. <laughs> Maybe it was green like a ninja turtle. Who knows? You know. But, right, 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 right. And I just remember I had the microphone and I'm like, you know, singing, reading the lyrics. And then when I got to the line, I legit was like, Candace, that ain't the line. That it was not the line. That was not the line. We were wrong. I was like, what shall I tell her? 
Oh, that's so great. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Again, those like moments when like the friendship is alive in that moment. It's right there. Um, like we're almost where I want to look over and be like, girl. Right. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> uh, oh, I kind of like it better our way though. Famous like a Ninja Turtle. That sounds like so much cooler. Right. <laughs> Well, you you could uh, you could do a, a cover of the song and remake, <laughs> rewrite the lyrics. <laughs> and then when you make your when you make your like number one Billboard hit album, and you could, <laughs> then you could add that as part of your gift and honor Candace with that. <laughs> so great. <laughs> And then she, and then you know, like yeah, all the celebrity basketball players or whoever she wants, you know, would be <laughs> at your red carpet events. Right. <laughs> oh man, um, you know what's so funny? A part of my, I grew up in like a Christian tradition. I'm not, I don't identify as Christian anymore. Mm-hmm. But a part of me, after Kobe Bryant passed away, <laughs> a part of me was like, I wonder if Candace and Kobe Bryant are hanging out you know but it's such a like christian way of thinking but i mean it's also like kind of cute where i don't feel that bad about it yeah i love it (laughs) well yeah i mean we can we can pick we can pick the elements that we resonate with right and maybe yeah maybe that's her version of heaven is (laughs) uh i love it um well I'm, I guess I just want to see if you have anything else that you want to share or, or mention any deep wisdoms or goofy wisdoms. <laughs> oh, this is not necessarily like a, like, uh, like wisdom to pass on, but I know one thing. When your best friend is 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 doing a celebration for Mother's Day for your own mom better than you are, then there's, you know, there might be a problem. Like, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I remember Candace coming over our house on Mother's Day. I mean, she, like, already, I guess, celebrated the thing with her mom. And then she came over to our house and she, like, made dinner. Mm. And she was like, what's all over there doing for her mom? I was like, I mean... We gave her. She's like, I'm coming over there and oh, made a meal. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I right? mean, call your mom. That's my no. <laughs> that's my wisdom. Call your mom, your parental figure, your loved one. Call your loved ones. Call your yes. love. Talk yes, yes, absolutely. That is a good wisdom. Um, and, and makes sense, like, yeah, why, you know, you were saying your mom felt like she couldn't go to the funeral because it would be, or the memorial service, you know, that's, um, yeah, it's, it is always fascinating to me, like, how we all can just grieve in so many different ways and have, you know, things that help us and things that don't, and, um, for one person is, like, really necessary, and for another person doesn't feel like they're ready for it or, or want it, and, um, yeah, but I mean, she just sounds like such a generous soul, and what a great role model, and how how lucky for you that you had and have her in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's so wonderful. 
Um, I, I did tell myself that if I ever get, uh, ever decide to be married, you know, want to be married, mm-hmm. um, that I don't know why her, of all the people that mm-hmm. have passed away in my life, I don't know why, you know, this has held such a, such a special place, like more than others for me. But I told myself that if I ever get married, I'm going to have like a special altar just just for her mm. so that she's there at the wedding mm. <laughs> oh I love that <laughs> I mean it I, I think that like there's just something so there's like a like an internal intuition or you know a knowing that like doesn't it defies logic or understanding you know like you know, it's like, I don't know why. There, there's no good reason or story or whatever. It's like, it doesn't matter. That's just like your heart speaking. Um, yeah, that's just, I think that's so great to be able to recognize that and listen to it and like, mm-hmm. yeah, hold that, um, hold that in your heart is, um, that's a really, tes- that's a cool testament to your ability to be intuitive and, and like attuned to your own like spiritual needs. And yeah, I think that's great. Thanks. I don't know why it's like of anything. I don't know why it's like, what if I get married? I don't know why a wedding, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like what I made up in my mind at some point. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Something about weddings, they're so symbolic. Like it's just so, it's such a, like a big ritual. And then, yeah. And I, I guess to some degree, it almost makes sense. Like, you know, this friend from a time, you know, when your identity is first developing, you know, be like, this person needs to be like representing that part of myself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so great. (laughs) But I guess one thing I wanted to go back to was, you know, this idea of embodiment, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, so right now we're Skyping, right. Everyone's like quarantined and trapped in their homes. And I think that's just, I just had the thought that like, that is a really clear sign or like yeah really clear evidence that like the things I do with my body affect other people oh yes yes and and so like it I don't I don't know if you feel this way and so if if you don't resonate don't let me project onto you but it's just I I feel like because there's so much less happening externally right now there's it's like so much more of an internal focus of oh yes and then and then so like that's when it's especially valuable to have those relationships with people, even if they're gone, like to have that cultivated, rich relationship um, in a time when like we can't really distract ourselves or just like go have fun with external. I don't know if that makes sense. So. Oh, no. Yeah. No. It... <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that totally makes sense. I was just talking to. I've kind of been talking to people about that recently. I was even telling, um, like, I was telling, like, Levi, my manager, mm. uh, that, you know, like, first day going back to work during this pandemic, he's like, how you feel, you know, like, during the lunch break? And I was like, you know what? So much of the outside noise has quieted like I don't have to things are so intentional you're you're 
you have to really, really like intentionally put yourself in a space to want to be there, you know, like right mm-hmm. now that it's been so quiet and I haven't had to deal with the noise of commutes of dealing with just transactions, interactions with people mm-hmm. that we just have to do because we're out in the world mm-hmm. that has been reduced down to like so little that mm-hmm. it just makes me feel a little bit more quiet mm-hmm. and calm like yeah. in head where I was like working and like wasn't thinking about anything except for what I was doing. And that doesn't normally happen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And he's like, ah, I get this thought over here, this thought over there. But I was just like, you know. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Um, But yeah, anyway, just a thought that I had that like, what, what a special time to then like have to, to be able to reach internally to people like Candace and your grandmother and you know be like oh well everybody else is gone but you're here <laughs> or you know right. have that exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah um cool well I'm I'm so grateful that you made time to share this with me and and thanks for being vulnerable and sharing something that's clearly so personal I'm glad I didn't do a full just full on just bawling yeah. <laughs> I was able to keep it together yeah. you're very welcome thanks for creating a space to talk about these things where it's not like all scary and full of anxiety mm. I think because my hardest thing I think is supporting others when they've had people in their life pass away sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even know the first thing to say initially to people totally yep I feel that too. And yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm really grateful that our conversation had so much laughter in it because <laughs> I think people associated with like, it's super heavy and, and mm. it can be, and there is grief, but um, yeah, there's so much joy and memories and like honoring the, like the things we love about people. And so, yeah, so th- I'm like, thanks for bringing that into this space. You know, it's oh, perfect. I just want to say one more thing, which is that I am not an expert. I'm not here to tell people how to grieve or heal or what death is or isn't. My main goal with this project is simply to create space for us to share our stories about death and dying. And from that collective experience, enable all of us to feel less alone in facing the challenges of grief and loss. Thank you for listening, for being brave and vulnerable, and for your time. Any questions or comments, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you and perhaps share your story too.